welcome to your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. Join your host, Alexandros Megas, and co-host Vincent Byrne, as they walk you through the deepest recesses of the mind and how it operates. They discuss all the reasons why our minds persistently get in the way of our evolution, growth, and our success. But crucially, they also teach you what you can do to change your destiny. And now, here's your host, Alexandros Megas. Welcome to the 24th episode of the Your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. I am your host, Alexandros Megas. And I'm your co-host, Vincent Byrne. And today, as you can see, my friend, I am sporting one of my shamanic attires. And uh, I, the reason why I'm doing that is symbolic to me because I've been in deep meditation all weekend and I've had some insights that a burning a hole in me and uh, I thought that they needed to be shared on this podcast for whoever has ears to hear and a mind to comprehend. So I, I, everything that is happening around today based on of course, the current events and uh, the way that people respond to them, I see most of what happens out there as a huge advertising campaign. Hmm. Why, why is that? It's because an advertising campaign it is designed and created only for one reason. That reason is to make you respond to a message. In other words, to make you react. Mm. Otherwise, no one has been triggered. Something is triggering you to act. So it's like a command. So we're calling this episode, you are turning into an automaton willingly because every time you react to something being thrown at you, you are acting just like a computer or at the, the very slightest a slave because someone is giving you a command and you are obeying it because you are reacting to it rather than acting what is the difference with acting and reacting is if I'm reacting, I'm feeding off of what you threw me. Mm. If I'm acting, I am choosing my position. I'm choosing where I'm standing. I am acting like a sovereign spirit, individual. Does it make sense? From a place of power. Yes, exactly. So people out there, are being 
throwing commands like that left and right. And, and here's the thing. The, the worst part about it is that this process is so insidious, they don't even know that this is happening. Hmm. Which, of course, is the definition of what? Program. Programming, yeah. yeah it's conditioning, right? So hmm. this is the furthering of conditioning, the tentacles of conditioning, reaching deep, deep inside and affecting that part of us and those parts of us that are the most vulnerable and the most wounded. Mm-hmm. You know, like our sense of humanity or what that means. I'll give you an example. A single word. I'll give you a single word. Hitler. Yeah. Now, yeah, I, you know, I urge you to go out there and just post that word, you know, like make a, one of those Facebook posts, mm-hmm. old lettering, and say that, you know, type that word and discover what happens next. Mm. Like guarantee, without even any context at all, right? People are going to lose their shit. Some on behalf and the others oppose, you know, usually you would expect uh, these days, this is such a dirty word, you know, it's like worse than saying Satan. (laughs) People, this is how crazy and insidious this process is. If I say Satan, people will be less offended than if I say Hitler. Do you understand? Now, what does that mean? How is that bad? It's bad because someone is dragging you by the nose. Because that word or any word does not uh, um, warranty a reaction like that. Hmm. For, For many reasons. You know, you might say, well, I am being a revolution." revolutionary spirit that's great but here's the problem your state of mind and your state of being and your emotional state while this happens is what matters the most right so if i throw you a few words and you lose your shit to the extent that you get bend out of shape and you're angry and you fight me and you want to kill me and you punch me in the face and shove your boot up my ass. You know, that process has left you at the end of this cycle with what? Zero energy has drained your life force, has spent you, and it has done one thing for you. Zero. Nothing. Not zero, negative, actually. I was going to say negative. You're actually worse off at the end of it than you were before you started. That's right. So what is the point? Why do people do that? They do that. This is an unconscious response. It's a subconscious response. Because it's every kind of trigger has its basis in emotional conditioning, which of course is the only kind of conditioning. So if I can manipulate you that far, that much, that powerfully, 
just by throwing a single word at you, I am a magician of the highest order, a warlock. I am a sorcerer. And I am mopping the floor with your ass. So here's a question. How does that serve you? There is a Native American song. Its main premise, main statement is that there's only one thing that the creator gave you. There's only one gift that the creator gave you. Only one. The power of creation. <laughs> Do you see? So we are all creators and we create every single minute of our lives. How do we create? By immersing ourselves in a vision, a vision, an idea, an imagine, you know, an ima imagination uh, acting out. This is what magic is, right? So if we are creating constantly, and if most of our time is spending on this kind of, not frivolous only, but ridiculous, insane, actually, arguments and conditioning triggers, then what are we creating every day at the end of the day? At we, the very we, least, huh? I was going to say we're creating more of what we fear and more of what, we, what, we trigger, what triggers us. That's right. We're certainly not doing anything for our own personal benefit. That's right. So at the very least, we are breaking down, we're breaking our, our lives down. We are destroying uh, who we are. You know what I mean? It's, it's like Prometheus coming down, <laughs> stealing fire from the gods and then giving you the fire. And you're like, oh, shit, fire. Let me burn my house down. Mm. <laughs> With all my family in it. That's what is happening. Mm. But there's a, there's a, I mean, there's a few things happening as I would see it. One is that we, we don't know or our conditioning is that we have been told that we cannot create. So even though we are creating, we're told that we can't. So we don't realize that we have this power. So that's one piece of conditioning that's working because if we actually believe that we have the power and everyone had it, then we'd be much more difficult to control. And then the other piece of conditioning is that we're told that we need to believe authority and follow it regardless of what they say. So there's a need to, if authority tells us to do something, then we need to fall into line and do it. Otherwise, we're bad citizens, otherwise we're letting everyone else down. And that's the message that we're getting um, on a continuous basis. So, so we, we haven't got the power to create and we have to fall into line with the, what these people tell us. And as a consequence to that, when something comes into the mix, when somebody does something or says something that is contrary to the group, this group who doesn't believe that they can create and who believes that they should follow what authority says, then that's where this conflict comes from because it's like as if we need to defend this group that we're part of. 
and anyone who says anything contrary to that should be attacked. So that's how I see the whole thing playing out and what you end up with. Um, and as I was saying uh, before we came on earlier today, I was looking at a, a piece um, on one of the newspapers and just these comments that come afterwards. And there was hundreds of these comments and people were going in and they were firing back and forth and back and forth. And all you could say is, have these people got nothing better to do? than to get involved in these kind of mindless kind of slagging games. All this energy that's been given to this nothing, something that they can do nothing about. And meanwhile, their life is passing them by and they're giving away their power and not realizing that effectively the life force is draining out of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because having nothing better to do is not even the worst of it. You know what I mean? If you have nothing better to do, take a nap. Mm. Watch Netflix. That's better. That's better than arguing this bullshit on on Facebook. You see, mm. uh, because it's destroying you, man. It's like okay, I had this vision this weekend, and that is of the gas tank of a car. Let's say. Your your car, right? It's got a gas tank. Okay. How how far would you be able to go if that was shot full of holes? Not very far. This is how this is what happens on a daily basis for most people out there. Most people, the majority of the people, actually, hmm. because they start the you know the boys fill up the the gas tank. Uh, Turn on, you know. By the time they even turn on the engine, the 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 gas is half gone. Mm. I mean, this is quite literally what gives us the power to create. Because the power to create, as we've said, is also the power to destroy. Mm. It's the same thing, right? With with. Uh, any kind of weapon you can protect yourself and your loved ones and you can hunt, you can sustain yourself or you can harm yourself and your loved ones. Yeah. Uh, With fire, we just said it, you can enhance your life, use it uh, with amazing magical benefits or you can destroy everything you that that is that you ever held uh, you know of value so <clears throat> how does that serve you and now of course you're right it's not like most people know that this is what's happening you know it, it, it's it's also a little bit like people saying you know, I was talking to my mother, and it's like, oh, this person got cancer, and that person. And, and the way, the approach that is given to me is that, well, cancer is like, it comes from the ether. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you, you hold no, you have no responsibility in that sort of thing. It's just something that you get, you know, oops, I got cancer. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
and well, what are you gonna do now? You have to go to the, you have to go to the mechanic when you get the cancer. You got to go to the mechanic, and the mechanic, you know, mechanic, Mister Mechanic, you fix me up, man, because I'm fucked up. I got cancer. Fix me. <laughs> Because that's, that's exactly, you know, we how is that not a fucking automaton? How is that not a computer? When, you know, you got a virus, you bring it to the, to the shop or anything that's going on with it for them to repair it for you and give it back to you. How is that not treating your entire life, your entire being as a freaking machine? Yeah, it is. And it's, it's on the basis that other people know better than you do that you need to follow a certain course of action when well on a day-to-day basis when you're living and then when you're hit with some kind of tragedy or some issue such as illness that you're going to someone else to fix you and if that someone else says sorry i can't fix you then you accept it i can't be fixed so it's like as if there's no responsibility at all no responsibility for creating the problem in the first place. And there's no responsibility that, that for actually fixing it. And then when people stand up and say, actually, you can do something about this, you can start to change your diet. You can change some aspects of your lifestyle that may have created this. It's then knocked down because it doesn't comply with the idea that you have the power and that you're also. Um, you're also going against authority because authority, the men in the white coats, say, you can't cure this yourself. If we haven't produced it in our pharmaceutical companies, if we haven't sorted it out by putting you under the knife, then it can't be done. And therefore, how dare you think that you could solve this yourself? So both of those aspects, the belief that we, um, that we can't fix things ourselves, that we can't create things ourselves, that has been so suppressed. Uh, and then on top of that, these people um, in the white coats, they're the ones who tell you whether you can get better or not. <laughs> we just have to comply. Yeah, or, or as uh, George Carling used to call them, guesswork in white coats. <laughs> yeah. yeah, completely. Completely. Uh, so... So this is the disease, man. You know, so what does this say about the core of our society? We are children because we're being treated like children. We are emoting and reacting like children. We are wounded like children get wounded. And we are heavily programmed and conditioned to be a certain way. Yeah, to depend on other people. That's right. To depend on the products that are peddled, to, the, to depend on what they feed into our TV, through our TVs, into our living rooms as to what we should say and think. Um, it's all part of that process. That's right. <clears throat> and what happens in the, in the end? See, that, that is, we, I mean, we all, we all are subjected to it. You know, myself included, of course. But, Here's the difference, and this is where the bridge happens uh, when we can talk about how, how do you treat that? What do you do about it? 
And what I do about it is that on a daily basis, I examine how I feel. Then after I examine how I feel, I think about what it is that I had been doing, what it is that I had been uh, immersed in that affected my feeling the way that I do. If the way I feel is negative, depressed, fearful, angry, uh, or any of those feelings that are of no service to us, then I know that I've engaged in a process that actually put inside of me a spell, quite literally, a thought form, if you will. A thought form is what? Someone gives you an idea, mm. right? Like there's, there's, there's people that are extremely influential because they're very charismatic. And these people can plant ideas that can take life within us. To give you an example, a silly example, right? You've, you've heard in the past about um, some rock group, whatever, heavy metal group, <laughs> talk about, you know, suicide. Actually, Ozzy Osbourne was uh, sued for a song that he uh, wrote, uh, I think it's called Suicide Solution. And in essence, what it says, you know, the only solution really is yeah. suicide. And uh, someone, you know, some stupid kid, you know, clearly took that message and internalized it and made it real. So, wow. Now, how many, of course, you know, the majority of people are like, ah, that's bullshit. I would never do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what do you do every time Donald Trump comes on and says whatever he says, right? What, is he, what does he do? So, look, not just Trump. It's, this is ridiculous. Every politician is a sorcerer, a dark sorcerer, as far as I'm concerned. Why? Because they do that for a living. What? Plant ideas within our psyches mm. now it, it's yeah. funny actually that you know when you when you see when you see someone like trump in operation and you saw what he did in order to get elected the first time around it was it was very much there in plain sight in terms of what he was doing and how you had these massive people reacting and jumping on the bandwagon and ultimately ultimately electing him What's interesting is that people like him come, come along not very often because what you tend to have are the ones who do it more insidiously right. and much more um, low-key and, and, and people don't realize that it's happening. Like you can't have people on the sidelines in the way they would with Trump and his supporters point and go, look what he's doing, look what he's doing. Because with the others who are potentially much more skilled at it, but certainly much more um, underground in the way that they're doing it and the, the way they couch their words. They're doing the same thing, but you can't see it as obviously. Right. So I would actually argue that the other kind 
are more skilled. And uh, I will prove that to you, my brother. I hear that left and right, always. I hear, oh, he's a moron. Like, no, you're a moron. Because where he is in a position of absolute power <clears throat> is no, people think that, that this happens by accident. Oh, some stupid motherfathers out there went and put in the <laughs> cast a vote. And whoops, we found ourselves, this, this is a tragic accident. No, man, that's moronicness. This is stupidity. When someone is up there, and what is he doing? Exactly what we said from the beginning. He's pushing a button and you lose your shit. That person is a brilliant motherfucker. He's, this is the, what the fuck? How is that? I mean, how hard is that to realize? This is what I come, isn't that what Hitler did? Of course, he had, at the time, at the time, but, and again, let me make myself clear, right? I, I, I make no attempt in, in, in uh, creating that kind of uh, reflection between or, or association between Hitler and Trump. No, because that's another thing. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Because that's, once again, buying into the same bullshit, man. What? This motherfucker is a brilliant campaign um, artist, okay? He's the president of the United States, brother. What? He's not a politician. The other people that you mentioned have been doing that shit for decades, right? They've taken, they have PhDs at it. If you can tell me that someone who is a moron and has zero clue about politics can step on this, on this arena, on this foundation and become the president of the United States. If you think that is the work of a moron, I am scared seriously about the state of this world, not because of the politicians but because of all the rest of the people who are being puppeteered by said politicians. Yeah, absolutely. Completely, completely agree. No, I'm not, I'm not advocating that he's a moron. I'm saying the way he did it and the way that he pressed the buttons was overt and easy to see and is overt and easy to see. Whereas the others, when they do it, it's, under it's layered i'm not saying that when they stand up on a stage that they're able to do it the way he can do it but what's going on in the way that they operate it's a combination of what they say it's what they do behind the scenes it's what they do when they're <clears throat> you know promising favors it's all that sort of stuff it's all manipulation in order to get what they as individuals want he's doing it in a different way but it's and the point is that it's easy to see what he's doing um, when he does it in public. And, and people will look at it and they will point and go, look what he's doing. It's so obvious. How can those people not see it? And yet, when you have it going on with the, those that would be traditional politicians, they're not seeing it. But yet it's going on. That's the, that's the point. That's right. Now, here's the thing, though. What is the main rule in successful advertising? You got to stand out, brother. Yeah. 
if I advertise the same way everybody else does, then I'm I'm flushing my money down the toilet. Yeah. Right? But if I can choose to use an approach that will make everyone oh, deer in the headlights <laughs> stand still and be like, oh, I can't believe what he just said. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. What happens right then? <gasps> Bypassing of the critical factor, brother. That's hypnosis, man. Yeah. That's what happens when the deer, right, is caught in the headlights. Yeah. What happens? The deer cannot critically think. Of course, I say the deer doesn't critically think. Well, it does to the extent that it has survival mechanism, right? So that survival mechanism goes out the window when it's faced with that particular pattern interrupt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you do that. Just like, uh, you know, remember I was talking, we were talking about my snakes uh, at another podcast. This is, do you know how the snake gets, not only the snake, but the snake is very pronounced because you can, you can see it so clearly how they get their predator. They hypnotize them. That's right. It's like on Jungle Book. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. They hypnotize the predator. Yeah. And how do they do that? The there, there. Yeah. you know what I mean? Because you have no choice. This is, wow. People have no idea, man, what the hell is going on out there, bro. I mean, okay, do you know what the greatest superpower in the world is? The ability to talk? Well, As in the ability to talk is... Not necessarily a superpower. The ability to persuade, persuade. is a superpower. Yeah. Because that is the highest order of magic. <clears throat> what, what am I doing when I persuade you? I'm changing your mind. Right? Changing. What does that mean? I mean, quite literally. What does it mean? I'm taking your mind and... I <laughs> I am totally rearranging this thing, man. I am molding it into something entirely new that hopefully serves me if I am the persuader, the manipulator, right? Well, isn't the, um, I mean, if you look at something like Trump and from the bit that I know about it, is he targeted? A particular group of disenfranchised people who are essentially on the on the edge out here and having said what he needed to say to them to get them on 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 um on board he then it was then a case of almost bleeding in to those that wouldn't have considered themselves to be as extreme but as the it was all a little bit like people adopting new technology. You've got the early adopters, and then as a result of the early adopters being really enthusiastic, then they, it starts to bleed into the general group, um, and that's where the real influence starts to happen because you can always get the people on the edge with the new technology or with the new idea or the, the outrageous promises. But it's, 
it's when that starts to then bleed into the general group, the rest of the bell curve, that the product takes off or the idea takes off. So the, uh, the, the thing for me is that what people will do in order to influence is that they will go to those that they know can easily be influenced in the first place by giving them what they want. And then they allow themselves through that to become legitimized. And then you've got a large cohort will then jump on board afterwards. I mean, that's essentially how my understanding of advertising, in particular a new product works. You go to the guys on the edge, you make it normal, and then you bring it in. Influencers. <laughs> no? Influencers. Yeah. 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 Uh, yes. But once again, since you mentioned that uh, technique being one that Trump has been engaging in, let us not fool ourselves. The other side is doing the exact same thing only with a different flavor. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like chocolate or vanilla. Mm. You know, wh wh which one do you prefer? Now, it doesn't matter which one you choose because the moment you choose one, especially because you think that that one you chose reflects your convictions and your values, mm. <laughs> that moment you are fucked because <clears throat> you've lost, the game is lost right there. Right? The understanding is, my understanding of being free is be as sovereign, as sovereign as possible being, which means nobody tells me what to think, which means there is only one way to detect if what I'm hearing serves me, and that is how it makes me feel. So that's when you pull out your bullshit detector. That's right. But it's interesting that that I mean, I, when I was um, I was I started listening to a, um, uh, an audio book um, the other day, and um, the guy in it he's talking about selling um, setting up a business, selling on Amazon as a starting point, and his his stage one is don't decide on what product you want to sell. That's the mistake that everyone makes. And then it just becomes a game of trying to flip products. So what you need to do is to think about building a brand. And what's a brand? It's something that a load of people are associated or associate themselves with. We talked about it in our last podcast with my Nike t-shirt. But essentially what he said is step one is forget about the product. Decide who it is that you want to target and what are their characteristics and what is it that you need to do in order to be able to speak to them in their language mm -hmm. and then once you have a sense of who they are then you can find out what it is that they need and from that then you decide what product you're going to uh, put in front of them and indeed what three, four, five products you're going to put in front of them because by virtue of the fact that you're building this brand, this following, it means that they'll pretty much buy whatever it is that you put, put out there. So it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's, it's speaking to people 
almost appealing to their emotion. And from that place, then, once, you, once you've built the confidence in them by speaking to their emotions and what their basic needs are, then they're, as you said, the critical factor is down. And then you're just putting in front of them decisions which are almost no-brainers for them. It's not about the product. It's how much you have appealed to them. That's exactly right. So, what? <laughs> yeah, what happens then is uh, this is so. It's such a filthy concept, man. It's I'm laughing at it because it's so blatantly a spit in the face of humanity. I mean, why? Because not because of any other reason. It's a game. It's a game, just like any other game. But what this game actually does to people, if I am, it's like I'm researching, it's like this is what a stalker does, right? A stalk, the successful, you know, professional stalker, he's not going to just go and creep into like jump your fence and go and peep into your house. What they're going to do is they're going to lure you into inviting them in because they're your friend yeah because they love you because they, they you have so much in common right so what do you find in your targeting <laughs> before you serve these people because that's exactly what you're going to do it's funny because it, it, it's called targeting right mm. what, who do you target that who you are about to shoot mm. yes. so you're targeting these people and you're, you're spending time doing your research and finding out what makes these people tick, what makes them affected, how to bypass the critical factor, what, how do I appeal to their most basic emotions? Mm, yeah. Which is how any predator... Would, I mean, how do you lure a, a prey, right? With a bait, any kind of, you know, when you're hunting, you're a hunter. That's what you do, right? Everybody knows that. Everybody accepts that. But they don't accept it when the prey is themselves. Because mm. people don't like that kind of shit. They don't like the, it's like what we were talking about, the, the movie, A Few Good Men. It's like, you can't handle the truth. Yeah. But isn't there, isn't there something fundamental, though, about the conditioning which creates this situation whereby people can be influenced and manipulated in the way that they are? In that, because our conditioning from a very early age, going back to the earlier on, is that you don't have the power, you have to, you know, it's it's other people have the power you don't have the power or god has the power you don't have the power and and you must trust authority so we take it for granted that from our training that everyone in authority is looking out for our best interests so therefore we must actually go along with what they say so we were a lot we have this reliance uh, on authority and we have this belief that we have no power so I remember seeing a, um, a documentary on uh, confidence tricksters 
um, and they set up these stings and various other things uh, where they caught people out. And they were interviewed, and probably the biggest, the biggest um, thing that they said that made them made it easy for them to to dupe people and uh, whether it be to con them out of money or get them to do what they wanted to do was because people have this inherent belief that the other person is interested in doing good for them. So there's, there's always that starting point. This person is, is only here for good. They're not going to do bad. And if we're coming from that place, if we're coming from a place where we've been told that we're not able to create, and we're coming from a place where we're told we must trust authority, I mean, it becomes very easy for anyone who wants to manipulate us, whether it be on the political front or whether it be on the medical front or whether it be on selling us products, to use those three elements to persuade, con, whatever, us to do whatever they want to do. So it's, it's not just a case of waking up and saying, you are being conned, you know, do something about it. Don't let them do it. You know, what do we, what do we need to do on a practical level, on a day-to-day -day basis to start to condition ourselves to be ready that when decisions have to be made, when we need to be discerning, that we actually have that sort of chink of light <laughs> coming in, which is, says there is that bit of you that can look at this critically and decide for yourself what to do rather than be duped by what you've just seen on TV or what you've read in the newspaper or seen on Facebook or whatever. What, what can we do to prepare ourselves, to condition ourselves, to undo the conditioning? Yeah, absolutely. Is that a question? Or you, you... It is a question, yeah. <laughs> There's a basic rule of thumb that I have. Now, because you said that we've all been, we have all, been conditioned as such, right? So, but here's the question. If I can detect it and you can detect it and we were raised within the same system, it's not like we were privy to some other kind of conditioning, right? We were stewing in the same soup. So why are we seeing things differently than the average person? Once again, it's because this is a choice, a personal choice to open your eyes. And there's a basic rule of thumb that I follow when it comes to that. And you can do that daily. Right? At the end of the day, your day has been a, a debit or a credit. You got into you, accounting here. What's that? You're getting yeah, into accounting here. <laughs> So there you go. See, see, you can clearly understand that very intimately. At the end of the day, you have to be able to have an accountability check and truthfully answer yourself the question, did I gain anything today? Because if you haven't, you have lost. So the loss doesn't have to be detrimental the loss you we gravitate towards loss if we haven't uh, at all gained any wisdom any power any knowledge 
any skills, any advantage, any insights at the end of the day, if we haven't progressed a little bit, mm -hmm. right? Uh, we are then on the losing side of things. So it, it's easy to first know if your life's going sideways. And that is not, of course, a cause to, to panic. Actually, that is, it's a positive thing when you can see that, when you can detect it. Because this is the beginning of a shift. Wallowing in it is something that is extremely detrimental. You know, like mm -hmm. my mother's going to be, oh, I'm so unhappy because of this and that and that and that and that and that and that and the other thing. <laughs> and I'm like, well, let me ask you a question. With this kind of outcry, you know, like a Greek tragedy, and we sit there and lament and lament and lament and lament. What is it that we are accomplishing at the end of the day? What is it that we create? We create more lament and more poison inside of us and less options to step out of it because we are conditioning the conditioning, right? We are coding. We're putting another code. <laughs> you know, it's like when you, when you uh, have an outdoor furnish like a picnic table whatever like a deck <laughs> and you put in all these coats of like protective seal that's what you're doing you are putting protective coating <clears throat> on your misery if all you think about is your misery well there's a conditioning to that it's it's a little bit like we don't know many people don't know that they have the power to create so the behaviors that have caused people to go to this place of misery and to lament issues that happen in their lives and complete keep, play them over play them over play them over that's that's because that's what they've always done so it's really a question of how do you help people move from that place from doing things that they've always done to now start to realize that the power is within themselves, that rather than try to worry about what's going on in Facebook or what's going on with Donald Trump or what's going on with the virus or whatever, is they need to focus on themselves. They need to focus on getting their heads right, their um, health right, all of that sort of stuff. How do you move someone from in that habitual mode into one where they can actually start to think and see for themselves. And I mean, I, I, and just before you answer that, I mean, coming back to what you were saying, how is it that you and I have managed to see this? I mean, I, by my own admission, was doing this up to the time that I was in my early 40s. And I, what, what started to happen for me, I started to explore because I'd been through a period of counseling um, around and learned a whole load of stuff that I never knew, you know, classically, I was, why were we not taught this stuff in school? And then I went to find out what it was that I needed to know and how I could do something about it. And I also started to learn out why we weren't taught this stuff in school. And it just began, began to be revealed to me. So, 
it was on that side and then I started going down the whole medical side and I started to understand the bullshit that was being peddled in order to keep us in our box basically and and the way in which people are conditioned to just accept with these people in white coats whether they're medical mental governmental whatever say that we are all conditioned to accept that and so i just you know bit by bit by bit because i was curious and because as i was told by an astrol- astrologer once i should be an undercover um detective or um a, an investigative journalist because i have that kind of thing in me but but i know for a long time i i didn't so so i i get wh- why people wouldn't have that sense of knowing um and that they're in this behavior and they're trying to get on with their job and they're trying to keep their family going trying to pay their mortgage they're just in this perpetual state how do you how do you move from that over start to move over not saying you can do it overnight it's funny you said governmental after you said mental Because that's exactly this is what the government is, is mind control. It's to that's what it means, quite literally, to control the mind of the people. Yeah. So uh, it's a simple question for me, and I mentioned that before. How has how what can I do to improve my life today? Now, of course, you have to we have to have a basic understanding of what. <laughs> improving your life means right because perhaps to a heroin addict improving their life today would be to have enough of a fix to get by mm. so you need to you need to start being honest with yourself man be honest with yourself what improves your life Well, everyone has different standards about what their life needs or what they need in their lives. And even, what they, even if what they need in their lives is something that's very base and very materialistic, that is a place to start. What do I need? How can I improve my life? How can I improve my salary? How can I make an extra $500 a month? What can I do today to move that needle upwards where I feel that I have accomplished something? But if, you, if you're in that mode where you're on this treadmill, which is that you work harder in order to get that promotion, get more money, et cetera, et cetera, then your answer to how can I improve my life or how can I get my salary increase is all going to be within the framework of that treadmill that you've already been running on. When in fact, you need, somebody needs to come along and knock you off the treadmill so that you fall and bang your head and get up and go, uh, you know, I, I've, I've hurt myself. I need to do something different. Um, that's, that to me is, is, is kind of what happened to me. It wasn't, If I'd have stayed on the treadmill, who knows? I could be in an early grave at this stage, having just kept going, kept going, kept going. So it's, it's, 
I suppose what I started to discover was the sense that you needed to look after yourself. You needed to take care of yourself. And that involved everything from exercise to meditation to eating well to questioning what I was reading um, and what I was feeding into this computer, um, all that sort of stuff. And that all shifted over a period of time. But I didn't, I didn't have the, I wouldn't have had the, um, the prompt or the know-how to even come and find a podcast like this or to, you know, start to explore this kind of area before that. Right. But something triggered that for you. Oh, it did. Yeah. We all have these moments of, do to a certain, you know, one level or another. The reason why I, I said before is like you, you got to start, if you don't know where to start, you start with something basic. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, and of course, if you start, I'm not saying chasing pointless careerism, you know, the, I, that's what I'm suggesting. I'm saying if there's an area in your life that you feel it needs to be improved, start with that. Yeah, okay. Like, I need to learn how to cook, you know. I yeah. need to learn how to uh, create, hold a garden, you know, or, or, you know, I need to learn how to paint, you know, to play the piano. Whatever it is, I need to start understanding who I am better. But you can, it is not um, an adequate solution to, start with the enlightenment because you know that's another trap mm-hmm. I mean, we all know how many people you know they they step into this kind of new agey kind of like oh i'm a now i'm a yogi whatever and i'm i'm a yogi and i'm a vegan and therefore my life has improved mm-hmm. you know which is of course not true at all because you are running another program mm-hmm. I mean, on average, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there are those people that are in those practices for the right reasons uh, because their soul is crying for it. And, and so they follow that, and that is extremely rewarding. But everyone has to start somewhere, and mm. you start putting one foot in front of the other. But the, but the focus, therefore, uh, that I'm getting is that it's it's doing something to let's say improve yourself as yes. distinct from acquiring anything it's it's about you being better today than you were yesterday right. and what whatever that better is it could be better at cooking better at playing the guitar better at speaking some foreign language um better at meditating or whatever, but it's you doing it for you as distinct from you doing it because you think you should reach for it or because you think that you need to get something outside you and bring it in. Right, exactly. So you know, we, we have to start with a basic understanding that you have to know what you're after yeah. ultimately. Ultimately, you know, <laughs> if you don't know what you're after, then 
you might as well be a mental patient, you know, because you're always lost in some kind of head space yeah. where you don't know what the fuck is going on. And most people, unfortunately and tragically, live their entire lives like that, in that yeah. space. Yeah. They've been, you know, whipped, in, uh, you know, on this side, then they, they're like, they turn around, they're whipped on the other side. And it's like, where's that coming from? I'm constantly being, I'm in pain, constantly. Yeah, you're in pain because you, instead of getting out of the way when you're being whipped, you're trying to find out what it is that's hitting you. Mm -hmm. And that's not a space that uh, at first can give you any clarity on, on how to improve your life. You improve your life by, first of all, getting out of the being in front of the barrel of the, of the gun. Mm. You step aside, you pause. This is what meditation is, isn't it? Yeah. You take a pause and you reassess, you know, you kind of reformat the hard drive. Mm. I suppose it's, it's like any, um, practice in which you are likely to get lost so you get lost if you're painting a picture you get lost if you're doing cooking woodwork whatever and that by its nature is causing you to pause and That's step right. off um the continuous program that you've been running up to now you have to get lost to get found right yeah so so given that we've had another marathon session here any final words to send people off to go do some finding you know this is why we say that your mind is trying to kill you i hope that by now is is actually evident to people that have been listening to this uh podcast so don't allow yourself to be screwed with you are being heavily manipulated. Anytime, is the, that's a good pointer, anytime you find yourself having the urge to do something because of something someone said or did, you are on the wrong side of the equation of the man manipulation. So you are being toyed with, you're being a puppet you are being an automaton every time that you respond with the urge to react to something that was presented to you mm. by any source mm. you know you know and, and it doesn't matter you see because that that which will trigger you that's which will want to make you react will appeal to your most sincere and, and and most heartfelt values mm. you know it's it, because think about it that there is no one out there unless you're outright psychopath there is no one out there that ever thinks they're doing something for the wrong reasons mm -hmm. everybody is doing whatever they do for the reasons of uh reflecting their most heartfelt values. Mm. In other words, they, they 
are convinced that they're doing the right thing. Mm. Everyone's operating from a place of good. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Even if we see that <laughs> there's the common theme in all these like serial killer um, narratives, right? Where the guy, and, and even, even on, that, on that level, you have more serial killers being driven by a sense to correct something, an injustice, or to save your soul because you're a sinner, because you are, you know what I mean? Like, everyone... They're doing you a favor by murdering you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, from where they're coming, uh, they are doing God's work, you see. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what you think you're doing. If what you're doing is a reactive measure to something, a piece of information that you are presented to, it's wrong for you. It's destructive to you, detrimental to your life. It doesn't and will never improve your life one bit. So go away, take the information, assess it, review it, fact check it if necessary and then you make a decision armed with the information that you've collected and if that decision is one way or the other or not no decision um then so be it at least you have gone through the process of assessing it from your highest good as it were as distinct from someone dropping a piece of information into the pot and then you just immediately react without yeah. thinking, just acting exactly uh, and of course at the end of the day what else do we have to look forward to right i mean we we need to be able to step forward in life and that's the only way that i know to step forward become more free we were born into bondage you know just like the matrix says right we're born uh, into bondage and we have been hooked to that all along hmm. we now have an opportunity to start unplugging and you start unplugging by not con not considering uh the possibility of reacting you know or, or it's like to give you an example uh, the whole like there's this whole hullabaloo with the, the QAnon, right? The hmm. thing was like, and people are like, they, they're so passionate about that shit. The QAnon is here, it's gonna save us. <laughs> and the see, this is this is what I do when I come across things like that. Okay, my I ask a question: How? Is this information serving me in this moment? Or does it serve me? If it makes me react in a fashion, what would that reaction be? For example, I sit on my ass and wait for my savior to come and save me. Right? That's a reaction. Hmm. To not do anything because of something uh, I was told, I, I assured, don't worry about it, Vincent, my friend. I'll take care of you, man. Fuck it. Just go play video games. It's okay. You, <laughs> I got you back. <laughs> right? So anything that 
is going to prompt you, is going to give you the inspiration to react to what I just told you, will be wrong. Mm, yeah. And of course, someone might say, and someone will say, what about all the revolutions that were created by people just like that? Passionate people that saw the signs and got on the streets and took it back. Well, here's my reaction, <laughs> reaction to this. Bullshit. What revolution, man? What revolution? What has revolution ever changed in this world? Right? What was what was it? The 60s? The spiritual revolution? Was it rock and roll? What? Did you say I am more of a slave than I've ever been in my life? I mean, rock music or pop music which is a direct outcome of the revolution what is it there, there is not a bigger program out there now i'm not saying this music is bad no of course i'm not saying this is bad i'm saying that most of that action or reaction that came out of whatever the 60s or 70s of this music revolution has managed to have more people stay within their cocoon and lament. And of course, not coincidentally, the, the more uh, vile, violent, depressive um, the music is, the more it laments uh, the human condition, the more attractive it is to us, right? Mm -hmm. Because, ah, oh, we can relate, man. <laughs> Uh, like a, one of the one of my most uh, adored groups is Pink Floyd, and the Wall is like I grew up on that shit. But what has that done for me? I mean, to where I'm standing right now, of course, I can clearly see what I've been getting out of it. But for the longest time, and of course, you know, masked under the superior craft and artistry, there is a message that says, people are assholes, life sucks, and you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> that was all the double album. <laughs> That's right. You're going to just, yeah, I have like a little song that just said that. <laughs> so me know. <laughs> but but think about it though it's it's true because that's that's what it is so every revolution that has ever happened out there has amounted to the system the puppeteer assimilating buying into it mm. buying into it what what your revolution come here revolution i love you let me embrace you because I love revolutions and I want me, the system, I want people to be free because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> Once it suits me. Yeah, that's right. What? Long hair is, a, is, is an act of rebellion? Of course it is. <laughs> what? Bell bottoms? 
what uh, kick-ass boots and Harley Davidsons? Absolutely. You are such a free thinker. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, by saying that, I'm mocking myself here too. You know. <laughs> but that's what I'm talking about. Let's be honest. Let's be honest, brother. You know, look at yourself. Look at your face in the mirror every day. And look, see, you know, as uh, Aerosmith say, what is every day I look in the mirror, all these lies in my face getting clearer, right? Isn't that what they said? Yeah. So, yes, we need to step away from the lies. And the lies are so insidious and the lies are so <sighs> supremely magical. This is sorcery of the highest order. I guess the lowest order, you might say. Uh, so, yeah. Does this make sense? Yeah. Well, there you go. I guess... Uh, we put in another one. I'm fading into black here because I didn't have my light sorted out. It's, a metaphor. it's another metaphor. For what is <laughs> fading into black, yeah. <laughs> Amy Winehouse. <clears throat> Or like uh, the Rolling Stones. Oh, yes, absolutely. Sympathy for the devil. Hmm. Mm. All right, so thank you, everyone, for tolerating us once again. Mm. We hope you've gotten something out of this that will be of value to you. We appreciate you. Yeah. And until next week. Let's be careful out there. And don't let your mind kill you. Thanks for listening to Your Mind is Trying to Kill You with Alexandros Megas and Vincent Byrne. If you like our show and want to make sure that you don't miss an episode, then we would love if you would subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And you'd be doing us a big favor if you would support us by leaving a review as well. It would also be great if you would take a screenshot of this episode on your smartphone and share it on social media. So join us next Wednesday when we talk more about mind hacking and taking back control of your life. Until then, have a great week.